Hello everyone, and welcome to Games and Gaming Podcast, the solo expansion. This is our new short format series that, as the title hints at, will focus on a single host. That host will have the freedom to talk about any gaming topic they enjoy, be it why they like platformers, why they like open world games, why they think Overwatch is amazing, or why board games are awesome. On today's episode, we're going to talk about playing board games solo. I found this to be a fitting topic to talk about for our first episode of the solo expansion. As I find myself playing board games solo for various reasons, I often think, why is this looked down upon by board gamers and even just society in general? But first, to begin our conversation, let's give you a little bit of uh, history or just knowledge on my personality. Now, I consider myself an introvert, and I think pretty much anybody you talk to will probably say the same thing. They will agree. Now, I'm often quiet around people, and I find it a waste of energy to try to talk to somebody that doesn't care about anything you have to say because they're just worried about how they sound and their ideas coming out or whatever. So anyways, I, I also don't like, I don't seek out that many social activities. It's funny because me being a board gamer, I love playing board games with others. And that's the thing I love about board games. But after a night of that, I could spend the next like three days just alone, just hanging out, doing my own thing, not caring about other people. Sounds bad, but you know, it's true. I just kind of like hang out and just be by myself. I find that a time that I could recharge. As we're going to get ready to talk about this, let's Talk about a couple of blogs I found in the interwebs. I went on there to look up anybody that might be talking about this. And I found a couple, a couple of good blogs. And the first one I found really kind of hit on exactly what I was thinking. And this blog is by Baden Rani from Wolf's Gaming Blog. He states that, this stigma of playing board games solo, it all stems from the simple idea that board games are traditionally viewed as a social activity. And I definitely agree with that. And it's the limited knowledge that leads them to one conclusion, that, you know, them being the non-gamers <laughs> society or whatever. Board games and tabletop games are meant to be played by two or more people. And that all comes from them growing up only playing Monopoly or playing Uno or any kind of game like that. So... For him, he states that, and I agree, I totally agree with what he's saying, playing alone is as is seen as something sad and pathetic, only done by people with no friends and no social life outside of their parents' basement. Now, yeah, I can definitely see that. That's why some people, when they explain that they play a board game by themselves, they don't say, yeah, like, you know, like with pride, they don't go, yeah, I played a game by myself. They'll go, oh, well. I played a, a game solo last night. It's, it was a learning game. I just wanted to learn it for for others. So when I go teach somebody, I already know how to play. It's like they're apologizing for playing a game by themselves. That's an interesting topic of saying that people view you playing by yourself as being sad and pathetic. And it's sad because that needs to change. I think once people try to play by themselves, they'll notice, oh yeah, well, I still can enjoy myself because I could go to a movie I could go watch a movie in my room. I could watch a TV show all by myself and still enjoy it. I could go and talk to somebody else. Because one of the things 
on the other blog I read by uh, Mike Perna in BoardGameGeek.com, he was stating that he enjoys the the playing with other people a lot. Like that's his thing. He he thrives on the community aspect of the board gaming. But he wanted to find out what was so good about playing solo. So he found that something good in playing solo was that he found the puzzle, the brilliantly made puzzle of the game to be intriguing enough to be something worth partaking in by yourself. So he began to see the game for what it was. He saw the mechanisms and how they work together. So he was able to focus entirely on the nuts and bolts of the game and not so much on the social aspect. Like, I, I take it that, that he was saying that even though he didn't have the social aspect, he didn't need to worry about that, right? But also, I think he's missing out that there could be stories in there. But I guess that if he plays a lot of games that are, are not story-driven, I guess it would be kind of hard. But still, you can kind of come up with a story sometimes. You can, you can think of something, right, to make it interesting. So his take on playing solo is uh, playing with other people. It's about the joy of the moment and the connections that last after the board game is done, which I totally agree. Um, playing solo is about the beauty of mechanisms and the wonder of the sign coming together to make a unique experience. So at the conclusion of his experiment, he was challenged. Personally, he says, I, I thrive on people and being alone is hard. Silence and reflection is not my natural state. It is something I have to force myself to do, even though I almost always come out of these times refreshed. And that's exactly what I was saying earlier, that after a nice, really fun board gaming night with my friend, my friends, I could spend the whole weekend alone and just, I need it sometimes just to recharge. And a good way to do that is to kind of open a game and start playing it. And sometimes because my wife is busy working or the game I really want to play is a little too complex for my daughter. She's 10 years old now, so she can play most games. But there's some games that she can't really play because it's a little too complex. So I find myself cracking it open and playing that. So it's not a big deal, right? So I can see where he's coming from, the share experience and stuff. Because, man, I've had some amazing gaming experiences with my friends. And one of the most memorable, memorable experiences <laughs> is when I played Battlestar Galactica with my friends in Washington, D.C. Man, that... That was one of like the best gaming nights of my life, man. We were, uh, I mean, if you never played that game you're, or watched the show, you're one half of the, everyone starts out as a human. And then later on in the game, you turn into a Cylon, which wants to kill all the humans and whatever and all that. So and you don't know who's going to be who, right? So during that game, you're playing, doing the things. And then halfway through, you get handed this card that says you're a Cylon. So now you're like, oh man, now I need to go against all my friends that I've been playing with and and all that. So that game went down to the very, very end where we had to flip over a towel if it was this many people, this many chips that went down the silence one, or if this many didn't go down, the humans won. Anyways, it was amazing. It was one of the best moments I've experienced, and I'll never forget it. And I'm pretty sure my friends will never forget that moment either. I mean, that was so cool. But then again, you can still share your experiences with playing solo. I have a friend that I speak to often about our solo games of Eldritch Horror. And we go on there, we go on there and we talk, start talking about it. So, oh yeah, I played this one game last week where I was this guy and that guy and I was going through through the world trying to get the cultists. And man, I, I went crazy. 
As I was going down this alley, some guy jumped me. I got a broken leg. I was hospitalized for a couple of days. And then I still had to go and stop Jagathoth from uh, from emerging. And it was crazy. I, I was in the boat lost for a while and just in the middle of the ocean. These creatures kept coming up. You know, there's stories that come out of these solo games that could be just as fun to recount and tell your other friends. It's like sharing that experience that you had. And you can relate because I, I could tell them the same thing. Oh, yeah, I'll play that game like last night and I had this and this and this happened. So it, it could be a really fun experience to share as well, even though, yeah, they're not technically there. But at the end, you can still talk to them about it. And if you play the same game, you can talk to each other about the strategies that you guys had doing this and what you could do different. But most of most of the thing that comes out of those is the stories that come out of those games. And for me, I find myself drawn to those types of games a lot more. Uh, so with that, let's talk about what, which board games make it easy to play solo if they don't have a solo variant. Because nowadays, a lot of board games are coming with solo variants. But if you don't, the best games to play solo will be the co-op games. And with those, we have one of my all-time favorite games is Lord of the Rings, the card game by Fantasy Flight. Now, that game is fantastic, playing it co-op. But if your friend's not around or anybody, you can go ahead and play in solo. It's made to play solo as well. And I've done that plenty of times. Uh, another good game that just came out is Arkham Horror, the card game, again, by Fantasy Flight. Now, Arkham Horror, the card game, is, is in the same vein as Lord of the Rings, the card game. You, uh, you have to go through and investigate different houses and whatever and pre- prevent this old ancient one or old one. Ancient one, right, ancient one. From... Uh, awakening and all that and you might go crazy so that one also requires not requires you can also play solo but again it's good to have the two different decks of decks to use that way you can use the different cards to help you play the game another game is the one i mentioned earlier edrich horror by fantasy flight again it seems like i really like this fantasy flight games (laughs) this one you're going throughout the world and in a co-op game and you're trying to do the same thing but throughout the whole world and not just a single house or mansion and the next one for the last of the fantasy flight games is mansions of madness second edition that one is made for one to five players i believe and it uses an app an integrated app that you have to use you can't play the game without it it's super super neat i mean it it pretty much plays the uh, dungeon master side of the game, and it tells you where to put the tiles down and what and whatnot, and what monsters come out and what they do. So that one's it'll be even easier to play by yourself, and and you can have just as good amount of uh, time and have great stories to talk about once you're done. Now for a different type of game, since I also love comic books, I love uh, Legendary Marvel. Now, this one is you take a bunch of superheroes, X-Men, whatever, Captain America, Avengers, anybody like that, and you put them together, and then you battle this mastermind that's trying to do some craziness around the city, and you're, it's a deck builder. So you're buying cards to make your deck stronger, and then you're going through battling the minions that the mastermind puts out until you finally can punch the mastermind enough times that they get knocked out, and you win the game. So that one is also a co-op, but you can play it solo. And I've done it a couple of times, and it's it's just as fun. You can have just as much an, a strategic time playing the game and 
have a good good time. And another game that just came out, not just, but is is new, uh, is Legendary Big Trouble in Little China. Now I got that one. I got that one for Christmas, and I've played it twice now by myself. And yes, the first time was a learning game, and the second time was to see what I could do, and it was just as fun. And it's you know, if you've seen the movie from the '80s, it's a classic. I love that movie, and it references a lot of that movie, and it has that that flavor of the movie in there really well. It's, it's an awesome game. And let's so for the last game, let's talk about Robinson Crusoe. This is a one to four player game where it's a story driven game as well. That you're in the stuck in the island and you're trying to leave the island, but there's different scenarios where you have to do different things in order to win, right? So one scenario, the first one is you're trying to build a bonfire for the ships to come by and see it and rescue you in the amount of time before it's too late. But as you're going through, you encounter uh, animals that will you know, hurt you, snakes inside, you might fall into a hole, break a leg. So you're going through all this process as you're trying to build this bonfire. So that's another great game for playing solo and you can have just as good a time and create a good story that you can then pass down to your friends and talk about how what happened and how you did it and how fast you died or how close you got to getting that fire going high enough to get the rescue ship to get but then you just died of some crazy disease because you didn't heal yourself once you got a nick on your thumb when you were trying to hammer down the tent and something like that it's, it's a fun crazy game uh so as you saw, most of the games that I enjoy playing solo, these are the ones I just come up with right away. They are story games, and that's one of the things I love about board games, is the story that can come out of these board games. And playing this game solo, you can have as good of a time as if you were playing it with uh, all, the, all the friends. And you can have a great story that comes out of it, no matter what happens, if you lose or if you win. So I hope me having this conversation about playing board game solo has changed your mind about giving it a shot or maybe it will stop you from looking sad at somebody when they tell you that they played solo or if you played solo that you don't feel ashamed to say hey yeah i played that game solo it was great i enjoyed it no it was not a learning game it was just a game i wanted to play solo one night and i enjoyed myself so if you have a chance try and find these games i mentioned you know give it a shot Lord of the Rings, the card game, Arkham Horror, the card game, Eldritch Horror, Mansions of Madness, those are three games in a row about Cthulhu, yeah, that's funny, uh, Marvel Legendary, Legendary Big Trouble in Little China, there's other legendary games out there, by the way, it's a whole system that you can mix, mix and match all these different universes into one, and I could use Wolverine in Big Trouble in Little China, or I could bring in Magneto, or I could bring anybody from Big Trouble in Little China, just bring it over to Battle Magneto, you know, anybody like that. It's, it's a fun thing. They even have Firefly. Uh, you can play with uh, Mal and them. It's pretty cool. Um, and Robinson Crusoe, obviously. It's another fun game. Well, and on that note, let me know what you think about playing solo. Send me an email at gamesandgamingpodcast at gmail.com or even send me a Twitter at gamesandgamingpodcast. And you can also visit our website at gamesandgamingpodcast.com. All great places to get a hold of us and tell us what you think about this solo playing of board games. On that note, I'll see you at the table.